Hi, my name is Scott Carolyn, and my best friend Lils Martin hates musicals. I'm Lils Martin, and my friend and acquaintance Scott Carolyn loves musicals. Wait, what? But I don't like I don't like begrudging for it or anything. Wait, I don't know. I said you were my best friend, and you just called me a friend and acquaintance. Yeah. I was working really, really hard on creating this podcast for you where I show you great movie musicals and bad movie musicals because I love you, but you want to be a dick. We were supposed to record this promo for Hell is a Musical, and what are we doing right now? Sounds like we're recording the promo right now. Hell is a Musical on the Zero Science Network. Be there. Okay, Haley, what do you want this episode to be? Um, let's see. Uh, I, I kind of want it to be like a little bit of everything. Like I want like a sprinkling of like romance. And I also want it to be like a dark comedy, but like not too dark. You know what I mean? Like not so, so dark, more, more comedic. Mm. But again, don't forget the love story in there. You're kind of betting a thousand there. I don't know what that means. Okay. What else? Well, I mean, the two characters' names are going to be David, and then there's going to be Patrick. A uh, bit of a change-up. And I want to f- them to fall in love, and I also want to cry. Okay, so that's a switch-up. So are, are we just going to keep doing this? <laughs> That's right. We watched this Shit's- bit has gone on too long. <laughs> That's right. We watched Shit's Creek. So you know what that means. It's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. And it can't be wrong. Take my heart and make it strong, babe. Because you're simply the best. Better than all the rest. Better than anyone. Anyone I've ever and I'm stuck on your heart. Tear me apart, Lisa! Aw, oh, dang. I'm so excited! I'm so scared! Oh, no. Hey, would you mind putting that gun away? My wife doesn't care, but I'm a very timid fellow. You idiot. Don't be mean. We don't have to be mean. Because, remember... No matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Roger's Bagel Basket. I'm Scott Carlin. I'm sorry. I'm tired after the marathon of yes anding I just did. (laughs) (laughs) That's my wife. So for What is Love Month, we did The Wedding Singer, and now we're doing The Ultimate Love Story. Yes. David. And Patrick. David Rose. David. You have to fold in the cheese, David. I I don't know what that means. Ew, David. What what is Patrick's last name? I don't know. <laughs> I forgot. Is this like a penny situation or do they actually say No, no, they say his okay. last name numerous times. Okay. I just I can't for the life of me remember what it is. <laughs> I think that you should give us the TV guide rule of this episode. So the episode, we're going to focus on their entire relationship because it's like, what, how many seasons is Schitt's Creek? Just six. Just six. Okay. But um, yeah, uh, the episode that we're going to be focusing on is the open mic episode. Yes. Because I would say it's like, it's at the start of their relationship. 
And but, it makes me cry. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's such a pivotal moment in the series itself. Yeah. And it's become kind of iconic. And it's directed by Canadian television royalty, which I was waiting for the episode to tell you this. But Bruce McCullough from The Kids in the Hall directed this episode. And after our first date, I went to see The Kids in the Hall live. And I got a text message from you when I came back asking me how it was. Aww. And I knew I was head over heels in love with you. <laughs> that's, that's how you knew? Well, no, I always knew, but you always thought I was crazy for knowing like right away I was in love with you. Yeah. <laughs> Quiet. But um, so like the Roses are a family that has have fallen down on their luck in a very spectacular fashion. They've gone from riches to rags. And yeah. and Schitt's Creek, is that that has to be in Canada, right? Like, I mean, this I'm is- not sure where it's supposed to take place. I forget. It's a Canadian-produced television show that the U.S. Here, writers, bagel basket. We always do our background research. Well, <laughs> Canadian television created the show, but then like Netflix swooped it up with Pop. Mm. So, so I don't Thank know. God. But it is Canada's Rose Video is Canada's number one video rental store. Is it a real video rental? No. Place? No. Okay, well, you were selling that hard like it was. <laughs> like they based it on like an actual Roses video. No, no. But so David uh, meets Patrick, who's one of the citizens of Schitt's Creek. Yeah, he meets him at the beginning of season three, I believe. Right, yeah. We start with the uh, name of the business. Oh, um, I'm oscillating between two names at the moment. So if we could just leave that one blank, that would be great. Sure, sure. Give you more time to oscillate. Um, Business address. Okay, so I'm working on that. Um, I'm currently staying in a motel, and I think it might be confusing if I gave you the address to another business. Yeah, for sure. We'll leave that blank as well. Look at me. Okay, look at her and look at her. Batting a thousand here, David. I don't know what that means. Um, season one and two, they kind of stick with the same round of characters. And then season three, they really started to branch off. Also, season one and two is only like six or seven episodes long. Yeah. Well, I think that was before it transitioned to Netflix, right? Um, maybe. I, like, no, no, this was on Pop. Like, the entire series was never on Netflix. I'm just remembering that. Okay. Netflix just got it right away. Oh, all right. Like, after the season ended, they're like, well, take that, thank you. Yeah. So, uh, I think the first two seasons were only six episodes, and then I went to 13 when everyone's like, oh, this show's great. Yeah. Most of what I remember, everybody fell in love with the second season. Yes. Like, that's really where, like, it, the show started to really pick up steam. Right. Um, But so he meets, he meets uh, uh, David. They've, you know, become business partners. And yes. then that relationship becomes something more, obviously. And then for the episode that we're doing, in order to generate interest in the business, they host an open mic night mm-hmm. where uh, David relentlessly teases, pa- or sorry, Patrick. This is going to happen a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but uh, um, Patrick relentlessly teases David. With singing. Well, the singing comes later, but I, yes. I love the buildup to it where he like, cause you know, this is not 
uh, David Speed. No. Whatsoever. I mean, like the this second, entire town isn't David Speed. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I mean, like the whole arc of the show is like them getting out of their comfort zone, the roses, that is, and, you know. Yeah, because this um, Shit's Creek is a town where everyone closes up business to go play bingo all together on Friday nights. Yeah, it's like, a small little town where they do small town things. Yes. And the roses are... I'm trying to think of a very nice word. Cosmopolitan, I guess you would say. I was going to say rich bitches. Yeah. The, very bougie. Like, they're still... I mean... Well, we were mi- talking about this. Mr. That- Rose is Johnny. like... Yeah, yeah, Johnny. Johnny is... I think it's just because I've got Stevie's voice in my head. Mr. Rose. <sighs> um, But Johnny is kind of like still... He's very down to earth. Yes. And you can tell he's put up with a lot of nonsense for a long time. Yes. I think, okay, so you and I were talking about this. Of the four main characters of the four roses, only three of them have, like, throughout the series, an actual character arc and change. Moira stays pretty much the same. Yeah, I'd say the She becomes a better mother a little bit, but, but she feels the same way about Schitt's Creek. From the very beginning. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't change. With her, it's like more like cross-country skiing. Yes. She's just going in the same direction. There's not really a whole lot of, like, you know, change in elevation happening. Well, because of Catherine O'Hara, originally she was just supposed to be at the read-through. Yeah. And then it got picked up for pilot, and they're like, Catherine... It got picked up for pilot, and she's like, "Oh, that's wonderful." So does that mean I have to be in it? Yeah. And they're like, "If you want to," and she goes, "Oh, yes." But she, so she is, um, uh, what's his name's godmother, right? She's either Dan Levy. She's either Dan or Sarah's. She's okay, one of them, right? But she's been part of their lives since they were born, right? Of course, because it's SCTV. Right, SCTV, and, and yes, yeah, and all of the movies that him best in show, yeah, best waiting in for show. Guffman, yep, this is Spinal Tap, yeah, all, yeah Eugene all Levy and Christopher Guest. have always kind of yes operated in the same circles. So, um, yeah, I went real off track there. It's okay. But, so, um, but yeah, each like David especially his arc i would say is the most dramatic yeah yes yeah because i mean when you think about it he's at the very beginning you think he's just this club kid that that's what i'd call him like a kid who's very go- yeah very materialistic he's kind of like a very like a very like a oyster covered in glitter yeah kind of very closed off like very He's just the, he's the one at Fashion Week sitting at next to Anna Winter. Win- Winter? How'd you say her name? Anna Winter. Anna Winter. Miranda Priestley. He's, yeah. He's the one sitting next to her going, I don't like that. I like this. I don't like that. And she's like, shut up. <laughs> That's who David is. I I I think David would fall more in in the back <laughs> no offense to david i'm just saying I, do, I don't think he's you know well i don't know they name drop the yep. roses name drop left and right i think he does i mean 
Alexis has got some crazy stories about like how she was like stranded on a like a yacht or something. Charlie Sheen's yacht. Yeah, Charlie Sheen's yacht, and like she was kidnapped by like a like a prince in the Arab Emirates. I don't know, just like crazy, crazy stories. So yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe he is sitting next to Anna Wintour. Yeah, and the thing that that is very heartbreaking about David is he's been he's such a caring, giving person. Yeah. But before he ends up in Schitt's Creek, he was very emotionally abused by people. And you don't find that out. That's like where the dark element. That's well, what- I would say that he, I, I would say he's been emotionally neglected and taken advantage of and taken for granted, especially. Haley, Anderson Cooper broke up with him while they were parasailing. <laughs> um, but then Patrick comes in and like. I remember when you and I watched this series for the first time and he he comes on and we are swooning because he is so charming. Patrick, let you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, right away, Patrick. Yeah. Their meet cute makes paperwork look very sexy. Yes. Also, why does, is it Ray? Ray is the guy who owns the- Yeah, Ray is one of the other characters we get introduced to later. Why does he have a deli counter- Ray does a little bit of everything. He reminds me of that guy from The Proposal. Oh, Oscar Nunez. Yeah, because he's like like Justice of the Peace. He's um, like a, I don't know, I forget, like a tour guide. Like he's In does The a Proposal bunch of stuff. or Ray? In The Proposal. He's a stripper. He's a Justice of the Peace. He's a tour guide. Yeah. I know The Proposal way better than I should. Yeah. <laughs> he's a cab driver. I think he's yeah. flying the plane. Yeah. He does a little bit of everything, where and that's Ray, where Ray fits in. Yeah, and I, I just... And lo- I feel like every small town has that one guy that does a little bit of everything. Yeah. He's always trying to fill that niche, even though the niche has kind of already been filled. But with David and Patrick, like, right away, they have this very, like, Well, to screwball- elaborate, they meet in uh, Ray's office. Ray is also yeah. the town photographer. Yes, and the, bus- the, the business development. Yeah. And Patrick has set up shop in his office. Right. And Patrick and David have like this screwball comedy, his girl Friday type of banter, like right away. Yeah. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know what David's astrological sign is supposed to be, but I'll bet you good money that he's a Libra. (laughs) Very indecisive, like can't make up his mind all over the place. You know, and Patrick, on the other hand, very grounded. Patrick is the cruise control. Yeah. Yeah. So what is his astro- uh, astrological sign? Oh, he's more like a Taurus. Oh, I thought you were going to say Gemini. No, no. I don't I don't get the sense that Patrick's really an air sign. Okay. <laughs> I'd say more of a Taurus or even a Virgo. So with with the open mic episode, there are three love stories yeah. th- throughout it. You have David and Patrick doing the open mic. Yeah. Which it's is, mainly their story. They're right. the A story. But that is a flat out love story of two people in love. Then you have the platonic story of Johnny and Stevie because she needs a father figure. Stevie is the saddest character in the, the show. Like her story breaks my heart. Yeah. 
She finds her way, but she right. takes a long time to get there. I mean, she was a latchkey kid who her aunt gave a job at, at the yeah. hotel. And she like feels like, well, I'm just going to die here, I guess. And then she becomes part of the Rose family. Yes. Um, and she grows with them. And then the third one. Uh, her, her, you know, setting aside David's relationship with Patrick, his David's relationship with Stevie is beautiful. It is. It's wonderful. Yes. And then the third love story in this one is... Roland, Jocelyn, Moira, and the Babe. And the Babe, yes. Because it, it this show just radiates love. It really does, yeah, absolutely. So do you know the story of of Tina Turner? And Tina Turner? <laughs> Tina Turner. Tina Turner and and Dan Levy's relationship. Like not the actual Tina Turner, but I was going to say this is news to me. No, he so he called up Noah Reed, who plays yep. Patrick, and he goes, this song is very important to me. If you destroy it, I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> like, you'll be dead to me. And and Noah was like, no pressure. And then he sends him the... Which is a very David and Patrick thing. Right. If you, if That's a very David and Patrick exchange, if you think about it. And then he sends him the thing and he goes, yeah, it's fine. And then apparently Dan Levy was like very emotional listening to it. Oh, of course. There's, there's something about that scene that is so perfect. And the way it was shot. So this, I'm sorry for a few minutes. This is going to bore you. But as a, a film and TV person, how something's filmed, this is Chef's Kiss perfect because Catherine O'Hara said to Bruce McCullough, what you should do is you should film the audience first so that the the expressions you get are genuine because if you have to do it 50 times, it's going to just die after a while. Yeah. So record it first. Yeah, get their reactions first. But she had no idea that it was going to target her too. <laughs> she didn't realize that she would be as moved as everyone else. So her reaction when it's actually happening and she's telling Chris Elliott and Jocelyn to shut up. That is real. Yeah. Yeah. It's so My boy good. is being serenaded by his butter-voiced bow. <laughs> but just ha- setting up a shot like that must have taken 13 hours. And to actually... Really? To light it? Oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. To get... To mask a spotlight shining on the main person going back on the audience, to get it to look authentic... That takes like 13 hours. That takes forever. Oh. So so then the actual actors have to come in. So to film that. So credit I, to the lighting department. Well done. Fantastic job. Anyone who is a lighting department on a TV show, you have like my my kudos because I could never do gaffing. It, it's awful. I hate it. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. That's why I prefer to do unit production. I get to sit there in my chair, get to write notes, and I get to take photos. It's fine. Okay. But that scene is like, that's the scene that I would show anyone. If you want to know how to film a beautiful love story in like under three minutes. Because Dan Levy's expressions. Oh, it's beautiful the way it unfolds. Because you can tell like in that moment. So- Again, up until this point, 
David is not on board with this at all. This is very much like he's very uncomfortable yeah, with this whole open mic thing. And he he thinks Patrick's going to sing Achy Breaky Heart. Or yeah, something. or something like that. Like, but he he doesn't realize the Susan Boyle moment that's about to unfold. Yes. And so he just assumes like, oh, this is going to like it's like I'm going to have to do full on present face. I'm going to have to fake it till I make it. Like he's going to do something silly. And, and Patrick, who, you know, he knows, he knows he's talented. He also knows what David likes. Exactly. So he is full on just laying it on thick and teasing him and like, oh, you know, and I brought my guitar and uh, should I wear my... uh, uh, my chaps or my vest, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and then up until the point where he's about to sing, he's like, you know, I'd like to get dedicate this song to someone special. Oh, it's David, David Rose. There he is right over there. Okay. <laughs> Just that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to dedicate this song to a uh, very special someone in my life. David Rose. Okay. There he is, right there. That's him. Can't miss him. You'll let me know if I should pull the fire alarm. Yes. The the look that in case anyone forgot, right there. Can't miss the him. The gentleman in the sweater. The look that kills me that David does is he he furrows his brow mm-hmm. and like he's so moved that at first you think he's like angry like but he's just so impressed and he's so moved to tears do you he know goes, what- he goes from i would say the emotions that are, un- are unfold are first immediate shock yes. followed by confusion like you can tell he's reflecting on all of the teasing that has occurred and and then like then shock again but just at the he's gesture so moved and then like he's you know it's the genuine sincerity of the moment washing itself over him and he is just in awe yeah it it's when he just like looks so moved and he bites his lip take that 50 shades of grace but there's also like a (laughs) smidge little bit of like like how dare you yes how dare you let me think you weren't this talented (laughs) it's it's just the best three minutes of television up until this point Mm -hmm. sorry mash (laughs) sorry series finale of mash um but i didn't realize we had hopped on the mash train (laughs) i grew up watching mash patrick the monster mash yes patrick swayze was in an episode of mash anyways his, his whole arc of just hating schitt's creek at first and then it becoming his home because it was bought as a joke. Because, well, he is like the other side of Moira's coin. Yes. Um, so we see him in the same exact position as Moira. I got to get out of here. Huh? I got to get out of here. I got to get out of this yeah. town. Yeah. I was like out of the podcast? Like no, what happens? No, no, no. What did get- I say? <laughs> That's it. No. He has to get out of Shit's Creek. Yeah, immediately. 
and then because it's not so much that it's not so much like the wealth and everything because i do feel like he felt like he was trapped in that life to Mm -hmm. to, like however like small a realization that was yeah you don't want to be a club kid all your life you don't want to be going to art installations and yeah or at least he doesn't realize how empty his life was and until you know later but but he is more receptive yes. to the people around him than Moira is. Moira is trying to make everything work for her. Right. Whereas David is like, okay, I need to, you know, kind of go with the flow a little bit and see where it takes me. I mean, he builds a general store that that helps local organic businesses. Well, also, are we are we forgetting the uh, landmark that was the blouse barn? Oh. <laughs> the blouse barn yeah that was Elmdale yeah that was an example of David pulling a Moira and it not working out yes I mean he bankrupted that woman yes (laughs) it worked out for her in the end though yes she she uh got bought out yeah she got a good end of the deal (laughs) but 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 David, yeah. um, but David learned from that. Yes, and likewise, he has Stevie to ground him. I love how everyone becomes sort of a millionaire at the end of the series, including Roland. Well, as we learn, Twyla is a secret millionaire. Yes, Twyla is by far the best person—not best character, but best person in this world. Yeah. And I don't know why it doesn't occur to her right away to just buy the cafe, but eh. I mean, if if I had that money, I, maybe I would buy some mozzarella sticks that didn't have well, freezer when, burn on them. When you make that kind of money, you have to be extremely careful. I mean, let alone all the stuff that you see on like the lottery ruined my life. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, she's making the smart choice. She's seeing where things go and, you know making decisions from there i love i love at the open mic when twyla is sitting next to ronnie and they just like catch eyes together they just look at each other like what yep. the fuck yep. oh <laughs> someone's being serenaded so i've mentioned how roland is my least favorite oh and character. also twyla is Dan levy's real sister that's sarah levy yeah sarah levy and Eugene Levy's daughter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a family affair. It's it's amazing how she looks nothing like Eugene, and Dan looks oh, exactly like Eugene. It's it's incredible. Yeah, it, it's like carbon copy. So I I forgot to tell you this. Growing up in high school, I had a friend who looked exactly like her, mm-hmm. and. When I saw her and this girl wanted to be an actress. So when oh. I so when I saw Schitt's Creek, I didn't know it was Sarah Levy. I thought it was that girl. Well, I was like, Sarah Levy, good for her. And then Sarah I saw, Levy kind of flew under the radar. Right. Like this is, isn't this her first big role? Um, I think she was on Degrassi with her brother. Because they both were on Degrassi the next generation. Okay. Um, It'd be funny if I'm like, oh, wait, no. It was her character on Degrassi. I was thinking of. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but but she had background roles. The this is where she st- stood out. Yeah, 
And now her even and Eugene are on Capital One commercials. Yeah, even though in Schitt's Creek, she's still technically a background character. She's yeah, still, but her backstory is is Chef's Kiss yeah. perfect. Well, this is a show that, like, even if you're a background character, you're still going to get plenty of opportunities to shine. I mean, on this podcast, we've already talked about the actress who plays Ronnie because she was in an episode of Goosebumps. Mm, yeah. Like, these are uh, Canadian character actors who are big in Canada that aren't as big here. Mm. And... Uh, they are now. <laughs> They're huge now. Yeah, and- I mean this this show got so many freaking awards. Not until its final season is the oh, crazy really? thing. Like, how- still, it swept the award show. Swept, swept. It swept the Emmys. Yeah, in its sixth season, and honestly, that's the season that it should have won for. Yeah, because that season's perfect. But Annie Murphy, she she came out of. Canada and the show and she stole everyone's heart like she was Annie on Murphy plays Stevie right no Annie Murphy plays Alexa oh, oh okay no I Al- mean Alexis Alexis yeah just making sure that our yeah our robot is yeah making sure our Alexis didn't turn on yeah <laughs> but yes yeah, she plays Alexis forget- how could you forget the classic that is a little bit Alexis <laughs> La 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 Alexis la 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 Alexis. I apologize to everyone. <laughs> it's better than the Kelly Clarkson version. <laughs> oh God! But Annie Murphy is filming in Massachusetts because they film Kevin can go fuck himself. Yeah. Oh, okay. The show takes place. Speaking of Alexis, David and her, the mannerisms, like you can tell they're related. Yeah. Like without telling anybody. The same gestures, the same, like, cadence to their voice. Um, but there's a specific gesture that they both do. And it's when, like, when they're overwhelmed with emotion, particularly a good one. Oh, like the kitten? Like, their chin goes up. like they're like The gopher. They're, yeah, the gopher. Like, they pop up. And they're like, oh. Oh, I thought you were talking about when they do. And, like, their paws kind of, like, go up. Not their paws. Their hands. I thought you were talking about... The nervous, ki- the nervous kitty that they do when they're that like- too. That's they also both do that. Like anytime um, they're nervous, they kind of like paw at their partner. Yeah. Um, but no, it's uh, yeah. I, I'm gonna call it the gopher because your head kind of goes up, like your chin's kind of tucked in, and your mouth is just like kind of like in a smile frown, and your your hands are up, like like you know, like a gopher. Yeah. Like. In this episode, can we talk about the fact that Ronnie buys, like, probably $200 worth of wine tickets? Did you see that? I mean, girls got a drink, I guess. <laughs> she she has, like, an entire raffle ticket roll. Good for her. R- Ronnie is by far one of my favorite background characters. Is one of my favorite. I just love that she gives Moira a run for her money. Oh, I like the fact that she hates Patrick and everyone in town loves Patrick. Oh, yeah. Because he had one bad day. Kids, if you're listening to this podcast, if you have one bad day, it could ruin your relationships with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> because he acts like a dick to her That's... and she hates him forever. <laughs> so dark. You're one bad day away from everybody hating you. <laughs> uh, good luck tomorrow. <laughs> you never know. There's a Rhonda lying out there in wait, just waiting for you to give her a reason to hate you. <laughs> a Ronnie. Ronnie, yes. Yeah. I said Alexa. 
You said Rhonda. I say Alexa, you say Rhonda. <laughs> Let's call the whole thing off. With with Johnny and Stevie's story. Yes. That that is just an example of Stevie needing some sort of father figure in her life. She's talked yeah. about not having or just family in general because she really doesn't have anybody no until like the roses come in she has nothing david is the first one to really you know hit a home run with her and then johnny because everyone who was i talking to someone's like oh then alexa becomes alex damn it (laughs) then alexis becomes friends with her and i'm like no no it's johnny johnny is the one who takes her under his wing yeah and then it's alexis and then Moira cast her in Cabaret. Cabaret? Cabaret. Cabaret? Cabaret. <laughs> that I performed with Bob Fosse. <laughs> Bob, I said. Robert. I just love how she name drops people who are like not famous anymore or dead. Yeah. I said to my good friend Brooke Shields, I said, Brooke, darling. <laughs> Nicole Kidman. Um, and then Moira, her storyline. Yeah, where basically, I mean, it's a very it's a throwaway running. That's why it's a C story. Yeah. Um, but uh, she finds Roland's Roland and Jocelyn. Jocelyn don't want to figure out the sex of their baby because of some super family super the Salem witch trial. (laughs) Yeah, the Salem witch trial because uh, Roland's like great 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 aunt predicted the the sex of a baby and they're like witch yeah <laughs> and they burned her at the stake uh, so he believes in that and they had to like burn sage in the house but i love how she's like it could be a boy it's a boy or a girl oh i love how she's like immediately she gets a hold of this secret and she's like that's not fair that i should keep this to myself and then she's like she's like roddy can I talk to you about something over at the Veronica. water cooler? Veronica. Veronica. Can I talk to you about something over at the water cooler? Well, that's what I find. And Ronnie's funny. like, don't you try that shit with me. Robert. Robert. Uh, see, the, the thing I always find funny about Moira is she'll call everyone by their fir- their full name except for Patrick. And she'll go, Pat. Trick. Well, no, that's when. No, 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 no. She, she does it twice in the series. Okay, yeah, but after that, right? She still calls him by his first name, right? Before David and him start dating, yeah, she calls him Pat twice. Okay, it makes me laugh. I think it's more along the lines of like she hasn't just hasn't devoted his name to her oh, memory, he, but yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I just so going back to David and Patrick. What what is your favorite David and Patrick moment? Oh, I mean, outside of because I know you cry every time you see. I don't like flat out. I'm not mic. like ugly crying. It's just like I have the the ditto tear, as I call it. The, the <laughs> ditto, dido. No, the ghost from Ghost. The ditto. I love you. Oh, D- ditto. Oh, okay. Ditto. No, uh, my favorite David and Patrick. Moment. Welcome to mispronunciation. The podcast. It's late. Um. <laughs> It's almost 8.52. It's always late with us. But my favorite David and Patrick moment, um, 
probably the olive branch, the him getting mad when he finds out that David wanted to get back together days ago. Yeah. And David's like, but nobody's been this nice to me. And I'm because, just gonna I'm just gonna ride this high of getting all of these gifts. Because he takes David back, but but he's still mad, but he's still loving at the same time. Yeah. And well, he understands. He knows David's history, but he's yeah. still like, uh-huh. Well. <laughs> Cause just like the the bullshit that comes out of David's mouth in that scene, him going, well, I was so angry that I almost didn't eat the chocolates. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. I was so upset that I barely finished the chocolates. I lied. <laughs> I lied. I did finish the chocolates. It's just like him getting caught. I love watching David get yes, caught I and lie. I did. Thank you. Just every time he gets caught in a lie. Yeah. And him having to admit it always makes me laugh. And there's something about Noah Reed that I love on the show. He is like, if a role was supposed to be for a person, this role was like fitted for him. Yeah. And I was watching behind the scenes. Everybody, everybody in this show fits. They got every person right. Yeah. I was watching the behind the scenes uh, stuff and they showed his audition and he you could tell he was really nervous yeah because he really wanted this part but he was just he's so good yeah like him him and david have- and also just the importance of it in general yeah i mean dan levy said it himself like how like important and heartwarming and just over the moon he was to see david and patrick in times square kissing yeah on the Jumbotron or whatever you call it. So it was twice because it was in Times Square, but it was also in the center of Toronto too, which yeah. that's huge. Yeah. And it, it really, it was just such a landmark, really. It's amazing. In television and, you know, just in general. The way this show took off. And what a couple <laughs> to have, you know. I mean... I think the sign that a show makes it is when you go into any novelty store and that show is on a candle. <laughs> oh yeah. Like we we were, I know exactly what you're talking we about. We were in too. we were in Salem, Massachusetts around Halloween. Yeah. And they were on a candle, like almost like a an overpriced candle otherwise I would have bought it. Yes. <laughs> Wasn't that like a $40 candle? I don't know about 40 but it was... It was expensive. It, it wasn't cheap. Yeah. But that's how you know you made it, if you're on a very expensive candle. <laughs> but I think that the the thing that the show gets right, and especially this episode, is the writing. The writing is... it's not, Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, because... In one of the writing classes I took, um, not in college when I was in New York. I took an actual writing class taught by the one and only Bill Lawrence who created Scrubs. Oh, I'm and sorry. S- Hang on. You dropped something. Yeah, I dropped something. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, Moira? But but to write a good sitcom, the dialogue needs to sound fake, like like fantastical, but also be nailed in reality. Right. And... Some of the words that come out of their mouths, like every time they say Elmdale, it sounds so fake. 
But then when you hear the M- Elmdale Galleria, yeah, it's like, yeah, that's a real place. Yeah. Like everything. That- Leaning into the skid. Yes. And in this episode in particular, when they're talking about, um, oh, damn it. What was it? Oh, when they're talking about the Rosebud Motel and Moira's losing her shit, she's like, why isn't it just the Rose Motel? The Rosebud Motel sounds ridiculous. And sad. My last name is Bud. Oh. <laughs> then it's nice. But even when, like, even when Moira's being, like, patronizing or condescending, like, it's just so over the top that you just can't really take it to heart. Well, I realized in reality there is a real-life Moira Rose. It's it's comedian Catherine Ryan. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, not really. I mean, she says what she wants, and she's hysterical. Uh, I'd say Catherine Ryan is far more filthy than Moira Rose yes. could ever be. Well, they're on Canadian television, sweetheart. They have to be. They have to play nice. <laughs> and you can tell that, like their background in improv. Every time I watch this, not just this episode, but this series i'm trying to figure out how much is scripted and how much is like eugene and Catherine just going off the rails i just love how um dan levy who does do some of the writing if not most of it he does all the writing all, all the writing I mean, okay he's, he's the head writer well yeah head writer i know but i know like we know from behind the scenes he does work with the team yeah um martin short's brother but i love how he was like my dad loves his hair He's very he's a perfectionist when it comes in, when it comes to his hair. So naturally in the second episode of the show I had to get his hair wet. <laughs> Just everything they do and everything Eugene and Dan do on the show is from a place of love. You do you hear about the message that or the letter that Eugene wrote Dan at the end of the series? He got him a gift. He got him a framed photo. Mm -hmm. But the card said, To Daniel, your wonderful writer and showrunner, I am so happy that I got to work with my son. I love you, Eugene. And it was so sweet. And I think he said, P.S., I can't wait to work on the next project together. (laughs) And, like, that's just such a great relationship where if you listen to interviews with Dan, he feels like he hasn't always been the best son because he said that sometimes he thought that Jason Biggs was a better son. Jason Biggs from the American Pie movies was a better son to oh, really? Eugene. I think he said it as a tongue in cheek. I think he said it as a tongue in cheek joke, but it broke my heart. Well, you know, I mean, I mean, when he was 15 is when he said, he said, I was 15. I wasn't a very good son. I mean, were any of us really good when we were teenagers? No. I was a little bitch. I was a little bitch, too. <laughs> teenagers. We're all little bitches. I was a tornado of angst and rage. I listened to The Cure and the Smiths. I was a very Lincoln sad. Lincoln Park and Evanescence. Oh, we were sad together. Yep. I was just 80s sad, and you were early aughts sad. Oh, uh, yeah. No, it was not sad together. Everyone was universally sad. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I was always trying to figure out what 
the 90s sad would be because 80s is the cure in the smiths you're the aughts was evanescence and crawling in yeah. my skin. And I figured out what 90s sad was, and it's it's nine inch nails mixed with Pearl Jam. Yeah. yeah. That sounds about right. Her and her booter. But how you so, sing Pearl Jam? Yeah. But you know, while the dialogue may be kind of like fantastical and over the top, mm-hmm. the moments themselves are grounded in reality. Like with David and um, Patrick in particular, even the most perfect moments aren't always perfect. Like the proposal, the proposal they get like, uh, Patrick takes him on a hike and sprains his ankle and sprains his ankle. And David is just like carrying him up a hill. He's carrying him up a hill, but only like, but he's fussing the whole way up until the point where Patrick breaks his ankle. And then he's like, okay, I've got to take charge here. You know, you really want to do this? Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on? So I used to come on this hike a lot when I first moved here, and I was was developing feelings for this guy I'd just gotten into business with. And I didn't know what to do about it because I didn't know if that guy had the same feelings or if I'd ever be able to muster up the courage to let him know how I felt. And now, here he is, the love of my life, standing in front of me. And that's why why I think um, Patrick is so in love with David is because he knows that when it counts, he can really rely on David. I mean, that's what a good relationship is. When when things go bad, you have someone who is going to be in the storm with you. Right. And, you know, while Patrick is the cruise control... David is still the gas. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What is your favorite Patrick and David moment? Oh, that's not this. I don't know. Because I know you're not a big fan of him singing. Always be my baby in his wedding vows. It's not that I'm not a fan of it. It just wasn't my favorite. I just, I'm not like a big Mariah Carey person, but, (gasps) but David is. So that was perfect for him. Right. Um, oh, I mean, I really love it when they have their first kiss and Patrick is like, thank you for making that happen for us. Yeah. And you can tell David is so kind of taken aback by that. Like at first he's nervous because like, you know, uh, Patrick says like, oh, I've, you know, I've never done that with another guy. And like, you think it's going to be something else. And then it turns into this very, very sweet moment. Yes. And it just like, it's this, it's this repetition of David's, um, or Patrick shaking David to his core Mm -hmm. and also kind of, you know, surpassing his expectations every single time. Another moment that I love in their relationship, because we talked about Niagara Falls. We talked about The Office last year Mm -hmm. and thinking that that's a great wedding relationship. That episode, great episode to show a good relationship. But then these two knock it out of the water for three seasons as soon as they meet. Yeah. No, it's four seasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But like everything. Every, oh yeah, and then also when um they first say I love you, 
That's because, what I was going to say. Yeah, because it's like, oh, you know, make this moment perfect. If I had the tea. I've literally done that to you because you would tell me that you're going to go get me something and you'll come back without the thing. And I'm like. Repeatedly. All the time. Not just once, not just twice, like three and, times. Yeah. And I'm, I, I would say that. I'd be like, no, what would make this better? The drink you promised me. And you're like, shit. <laughs> well, that's exactly like, I just love David's face in that moment. He goes, fuck. I love you. <clears throat> I know I'll never be able to compete with Mariah. <clears throat> this just kind of feels like one of those perfect moments that you dream about. Except in my dream, I'm holding a nice cup of tea. You He's re- like, no, no, I'll get it. I have to make this perfect moment even more perfect. Do you remember the one thing that you did that that you forgot? No. <laughs> I forget a lot of things. So, like, all day. I'm a little worried about my future. I got to start doing those brain exercises. <laughs> Haley literally more. said that, like, out of nowhere, we were watching TV and Haley turned to me and she's like, I'm afraid that one day I'm going to open the refrigerator and my keys are going to be there. And I went, fuck, that's dark. <laughs> <laughs> but but this was, like, back before we, we moved into the house. We, we were packing up the apartment and... <laughs> and we were talking about, you're like, oh, and I'll pick up food. I'm going to pick up pizza from this pizza place that we loved. Yep. And we were talking about it all day. And I come home and I'm like, where's the pizza? And you're like, what? And I'm like, the pizza that you were going to get from this place. And you go, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, can you go pick it up? <laughs> I need to eat more walnuts. <laughs> I need some, uh, what is it, DHA, omega-3s? And by the time I, I got to the pizza place, they were closed. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I love my way. I'm like, oh, KFC it is. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so when they get up to the mountain, uh, it just, like, it's so... It's so perfect because you know, like, that moment wasn't perfect. Yeah. Like, it's so grounded in reality that, you know, because, I mean, couples do get in fights before big moments in their lives. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, this is true. Yeah. Um, And, you know, not everything goes to plan. Like, you know... Best laid plans. They say it for a reason. Yeah. When I proposed to you, you thought we were getting robbed. Yes, I did. <laughs> I think I've to- we've talked about this story before. Yeah, we have. Yeah. We have. Because I lied to you saying that I was working, and then you come back to the house, and the door's unlocked, and there's lights on. And also music. Because because if someone's going to rob from us, they're going to turn on. They could gonna- use the music to disguise the fact that they're robbing us. If anyone to, to cover the sounds of their burglaring. If there are burglars who are blasting Coldplay, I'm pretty sure you could take them. <laughs> well, I did. I came. I like. I burst forth into our hallway with my bag raised. Like <laughs> I gotta kill a bitch today. 
<laughs> and then you put two and two together. Well, uh, also, like, there were a lot of signs. Yes. Well, because I know you. I'm like, okay, if I have the door unlocked and I'm blasting music, she's, she's going to think she's either about to get murdered or she'll murder me. <laughs> I was literally plotting the quickest route to the knife block. <laughs> Not even kidding. I'm like, I'm just going to, like, tuck and roll. <laughs> Grab a knife. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, the sign that I put on the door to let you know that everything's going to be okay fell off. Yeah. And it went down the stairs. Yep. I was like, oh, here it is. And I was too distracted because I was like, I need to get this thing that he needs for work. Yes. I made up like, yeah, you need to pick up the duodenum. The duodenum. (laughs) Sounds so gross. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, you need to go back to the apartment because you're like, yeah, I'll I'll meet you at... uh, your studio and yeah. like no go to the apartment yeah but david and patrick their relationship is so lovely for the reason that those those wonderful over-the-top moments are so grounded in reality mm-hmm. i mean him patrick teaching uh david how to play baseball yeah it, it's it's two people two opposing forces just coming together up until their wedding too like the happy ending yes the happy ending <laughs> why would you think that all i did was give him a uh uh an envelope full of cash and, and i told him i said to take really good care of you oh i hear it now <laughs> <laughs> i hope you can find that clip i really hope i get into and you told me you wanted to de-stress me? I just assumed you knew what you were paying for. I was both shocked and impressed. Okay, but to be clear, you didn't stop it from happening. Okay, Marsha Clark, court's adjourned for the day. This is unbelievable. At no point was that ever discussed. All I did was leave an envelope full of cash and a note that said to take very good care of you. And now that I've said those words out loud, I can see how a certain kind of person would interpret that the wrong way. Um... And also the uh, the wisdom teeth. Yes. Can I tell the story? <sighs> I mean, since I set it up so nicely for you. Well, in this in in the series, I only mention it because that clip came up when I was looking specifically for clips of them together. Yeah. You have been chatting ever since the dentist's office. Why are you so handsome? I mean, unless you want to keep talking, in which case that works as well. Look at your skin. It's like. Perfect. It's a nine-step regimen I do twice a day. It's not a big deal. I'm tired. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? We should probably get you over to the bed. Oh, okay. You know what I really want to do with you? Uh Uh-huh. Ethically speaking, I don't think we can do that with you in this state. Patrick got got his wisdom teeth out, and David's taking care of him, and he's saying... And, of course, he's being, you know, loopy and saying all this ridiculous shit. Weird shit. Yep, like, oh, we should have a baby. Yeah, so when Haley had her wisdom teeth out, luckily for me, I I had mine out in high school. I'm glad, though, the nurse, she told you if if you brought out your camera, she was going to bitch slap you. Yeah, and I'm like, who the fuck would videotape someone... Who just had their wisdom teeth. Uh, the entire internet was built on that section of videos. Yeah, but I fucking hate that. That drives me crazy. It's bullshit. Oh, really? I really enjoy it. Oh, I don't. I, I would, love it. Uh, oh, you would do that to me? Just I say mean, no and we'll move on. 
circle back. Let's circle back. <laughs> so I'm bringing Haley home, and and while we're waiting, because apparently you need to wait like 20 minutes. And Haley goes, they gave me painkillers, and. Didn't I also say, like, I kept repeating the story about the needle. Yeah. Because they had to use an infant needle. On right. Me. Yeah. Well, you're like, they had to give me painkillers, but the way they did it is they, they put had, it in my hand. And they had to they give didn't me put an, it in my arm. They said they gave me the needle that they give for infants. Was that true? I'm like, how the fuck am I supposed to know? <laughs> like, like, I'm in there with the, the dentist. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Good Suck job. out all those broken teeth. And then you said it again and then again. And then you're like, I'm hungry. Do you think we can get some popcorn? I'm like, when have you ever wanted popcorn? Never. And I'm like, okay, you're on you're you're on, you know, Novocaine and Gloopy Juice or whatever it's called. <laughs> Gloopy juice. What what's the gas called? It's just laughing gas. It's like N O two gas. Yeah. Uh I- nitrous oxide. Thank you, NO2. Yeah, nitrous yeah. oxide. And and then you're like, I'm really hungry. Well, I'm not supposed to feed you, but I'm hungry. Which is exactly what Patrick said. Yeah. So. Can you make me lasagna? So we had to wait eight hours. Luckily, you were first thing in the morning. So by the time it was dinner time, I could actually feed you. And you're like, I need stoop. I'm like, <laughs> what? I need stoop, you know, with the water that's hot you mean soup and you were still you couldn't even lift the spoon you tried lifting it and eight hours later oh really? yeah oh Haley, you get drunk off of a quarter of a cup of wine guilty <laughs> i'm breezy so I, the only type of soup that was near us was wonton soup. So I scoop it up for you and I put, I had to feed you like an infant and to go with your needle and, <laughs> and asshole. <laughs> so then, then I, I put it in your mouth and then you just go all over me. And I'm like, I love her. We're getting married. I love her. All right, let's try this again. Just the broth. I love her. And you're like, can I have a milkshake? And I go, no. But you did make me a milkshake. I do remember that. Yes, and you did drink it. Because I'm hiding behind the couch, and you have a straw that is so... Long and you're like, I thought I wasn't supposed to have a straw. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, because you're not supposed to suck. Yeah, so you don't get, uh, what is it, a dry socket? Yeah. Yeah, but if they saw how much wonton soup was spat on me, they, they would have been fine. Yeah, so you really had flashbacks during that scene. Yeah. But, you know, their relationship, the arc of it is like, you know, Patrick also has a moment where there's an episode where uh, his ex arrives back in town. Yep. Yeah. Another Degrassi junior high. Yep. Person. And, you know, she's obviously very surprised. And Mm -hmm. I forget exactly what happened in the episode, but she she like she comes to the barbecue. Yeah. And she thought they were getting back together or something Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And then, you know, when. 
Patrick's parents arrive. That's the sweetest. And I know. I love that moment when David goes in there and he, like, through circumstances, Mr. Rose, Johnny, has revealed to them that, you know, David and Patrick, you know, are together. They're partners. They don't know. Yeah, they're partners in more ways than one. Uh, Patrick's parents didn't know that he was gay. And, you know, in advance of this party, David takes it upon himself to be like, listen, you need to be okay with this. (laughs) And you need to, like, be there for him. Because this is a vulnerable moment for him. And they're like, of course we're going to be okay with this. Yeah, like, yeah. And that was that was nice to see too. I mean, in their wedding episode, it's Patrick's dad who is the best man. Yep. Oh, watching Stevie in the background of their wedding cry, that that's like as emotional and heartfelt as their wedding was, that really got me. What I realized watching Because this... she's really she's really oh, crying. She's crying. She's they, bawling they all her are. eyes out. And they're real tears. It's yeah. not like, you know, smelling salt in between takes. She is right. crying. She looks like, so uh, Emily Hampshire, she's kind of dressed like all of the girls from Heim at the Grammys. Yeah. <laughs> she's wearing a very nice suit. Well, I so the one line that Haley always quotes the most from this entire series is when Moira is doing the vow, doing <laughs> yeah. the vows and she goes, David, do you take Patrick? David, 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 do you take Patrick? (laughs) And of course, she's in the iconic uh, Pope hat. I mean, all of her looks are iconic, but the Pope, the Pope hat with the hair is just just next level. I've seen it on water bottles. I've seen it on candles. I've seen it on shirts. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't guessed from listening to this, for our rating system, this this is thirteen bagels. Like this entire series. Is... Oh wow, you didn't even lead up to it. Oh, it's you tr- didn't even tease the audience. No, you're just like, yeah, we're just gonna throw thirteen. Ba- yeah, no, I it's gonna be thirteen bagels. We've, but we've been just making oh, yeah, out with this entire gushing. series. Yeah. We've been serenading. We've been holding hands, heavy petting this entire series. Yes. But I think Patrick and David are the greatest love story on Oh, television. can I just say my favorite David moment, though, is the morning of the wedding when they're all at the end of his bed. He's like, what? What? Did somebody die? <laughs> it's raining. And he just like, yeah. And then he realizes like not everything's going to plan as, you know, it normally does on your wedding day. Surprise, folks. If you're planning a wedding out there, not everything goes to plan. I mean, so we talked about on the wedding but si- he, singer it, episode. Hang on. Okay. But that moment where he's just like, fuck, 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 fuck. And the, all of the roses are just like backing away. <laughs> I mean, so when, with planning a wedding, we talked about on the wedding, wedding singer episode that there is no fucking way that you can plan a wedding in three months. That's oh, absolutely not. That's what happens in the wedding singer. Unless you're going to like you're having a courthouse wedding or you have an army of people working for you. And the wedding singer is set in 1985. So there's no way you could plan an 85 wedding in three months. But with this, this series, it's the entire season, which is an entire year. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is fucking believable. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Logic. Yeah. Um. 
one thing we didn't talk about is Dan and Noah tried wedding cakes for the series for to yeah. promote the yeah the no seri- I remember the that. season and I think their banter their like their rapport same thing with Emily Hampshire who plays Stevie and Dan Levy it's just so good yeah the way they bounce off each other oh yeah and I think my favorite Patrick moment has to be you know what I can't pick a favorite Patrick moment but the scene where him and Stevie are rehearsing for cabaret (laughs) oh when they're doing money money yep yeah yep i think my favorite first of all fantastic performance in and of itself yes for if we ever do a if we ever get to do a live hell is a musical we're doing cabaret and it's already been decided that i'm dressed as patrick as the mc (laughs) (laughs) um but my favorite patrick moment is in the first time we meet him in that episode when he's filled out the forms for David. Yeah. And he says, I think it's an excellent idea. And I like the name too, Rose Apothecary. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you are a sweetie poops. <laughs> I think those two, I mean, every relationship, even though I don't like Roland, but even Jocelyn and Roland's relationship is so healthy. Yeah. There are no, with the exception of Bob and... Alexis has her moments with... um, Ted. Ted. Right. But... But the culmination of that is in the end where they have this, you know, lovely dinner where, you know... They break up. It's so sad. It's the most heartbreaking breakup because you know that they still love each other desperately, but it's just not going to work. Damn Galapagos Islands. Yeah. (laughs) But... The the relationship that Alexis needs is Twyla. Kinda, yeah. That's the relate she needed a girlfriend. Yeah. Because she knew she couldn't have Stevie because Stevie and David are like this. Right. She and- yeah, she needed a friend more than anything. Right. Because Alexis's journey was to find herself. Right. I mean, all of the roses do that in their own unique way, but especially for Alexis. She just needed to be learned to be okay with herself and her career and, you know, be able to stand on her own two feet. And I do also like that they find elements of everything that David loves and they give him everything he wants. He gets his Mariah Carey yep. in Patrick and he gets his house from the holiday. Yep. It just goes to show you, like, you can get everything you want. It just might not always be in the way that you expect. Yeah. And I, well, honestly, that's, that's the tagline for Shit's Creek, really. Right. Goodbye, everybody. We did it. <laughs> Goodbye. So we've come to the end of this episode. And if you haven't guessed, even though we've said it a bunch yeah, of times. Yeah, we guess we've said it. I know. We've put it on a giant billboard with two but people who may or may not know. be having sex with each other. That is a reference before you... <laughs> That's a reference to the show. That's a reference to the show. That is the billboard. Yes. And then it ends up being Eugene Levy. Yep. And Catherine O'Hara. Yep. But if you have scrolled past this episode, listening to it at, you know, two times speed, which you shouldn't fucking do. But if you're going to, this is 13 bagels. This is a perfect dozen. The series is perfect.
Nothing. I agree. That's that silence is agreement. <laughs> I thought you were sleepy. That too. <laughs> so, sweetie, thanks for doing this. You're welcome. We are doing a whole bunch of new guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. So, so new, so shiny. Yes. So you should keep listening. We're going to be going into Toxic Relationship Month. If you're unfamiliar with this podcast, if you're just joining us. Well, yeah. So January, or no, sorry. February, February is, is What is Love Month. What is Love. March is Baby Don't Hurt Me yep. Month. So yep. we have great relationships, and then we're going to go into really shitty ones. Yep. Terrible. The other side of the coin. Yes. So For everyone Harry Met Sally, there is a Twilight so you should follow us on Twitter and Instagram to find out what those shows and movies are that we're going to be watching so you can watch them with us. Or if you don't want to watch them, let us do the dirty work. So you can find us on Twitter at W-R-T-R-B-A-G-E-L-B-S-K-T or on Instagram at Writer's Bagel Basket. Like us on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars, please. Please and thank you. Yes. And... You can email us, writersbagelbasket at gmail.com if you have any ideas for the podcast. Until next time, sweetie, thanks for doing this. You're welcome. Again. I'm Scott Curlin. Bye. Bye.